Matt Step, you're back from Canada. What did you smuggle across the border? Ketchup chips and poutine. Tap and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your confidants at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. In studio. I'm back for a week because next Monday is another road game. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Bank of America. That's okay. It's a premium podcast. Yeah, it's, pre- it's fine. Oh, premium podcast. I work for Bank of America. There you go. I think people, <laughs> I think people knew you worked for a bank. Yeah, and I said I, a bank. I've never said the bank. There you go. So, so yeah, if you're, yeah. If, you're a, if you're a B of A customer, you can support. I, I am. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Hopefully you will never talk to me because I work in fraud. That's a good point. Uh, this is your week nine preview show. Of Tep and Step, uh, just th- after this week, I cannot believe it. Well, look, do you know? Do you know how it really hit me uh, that we are up against it? Like it's that the playoffs are coming. Is that your playoff projections are imminent? Yes, I was working on them as uh, while you were recording the picks video, and I was working on them out, outside of the, the the plush studios. That is when that is when it hit yes. me. I was like, oh my gosh! Playoff projections are this week, and because. You are a DCTF insider. Mm-hmm. You will have access. The the heathens who do not have access, who who are not subscribers, will not have access yes. to this. So thank so you. Don't share it. We love you very much. We appreciate you being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider and listening to this podcast. Um, I think that we have become the. I I had multiple people yesterday or last week tell us that this podcast is what they listen to on the way to the game. Nice. Well, if you're on your way to a game, uh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Drive we, safe. We've got another uh, fun fact for not a fun fact, but another little. Pe- nugget of content that'll be coming out later this week mm-hmm. it's uh, snapshot day let's go and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that hold on, okay. hold on before we do that thank you for being dave campbell's yes. Bowl insider blah, blah blah all the fun stuff you know that i have a i have a fun fact uh, we will start as we always do with our okay. texas high school fun fact so of the much week. going on right now it's our texas high school fun fact of the week matt stepp among uil 11 man texas high school football teams this season mm-hmm which team has allowed the most points? And let me make this even more intriguing. This team has only played seven games. Wow. Okay. That's. I was going to say it's got to be one of the eight. One of the teams has played eight. Um, uh, let's go with Houston Sharpstown. Boy, dude, that is a super good guess. It is not right, they, but the, they have they they allowed fifty seven points in the first quarter against uh, Marshall. They are fifth. Okay, they are fifth. That is excellent. Um, but this is here's your top five. Top five, uh, fifth at zero and seven. By the way, is Houston Sharpstown mm-hmm. four and fifteen points? They only scored two points this year too. In fourth, Dallas Sunset. Has, uh, is uh, 427 points. Yeah. And by the way, let's take a moment to talk about Dallas Sunset because so they play uh, Highland Park this week. Yeah. <laughs> and the computer, which is an unfeeling robot, and yeah. I have to tell you, we have no we have no say over what the computer no. says. Uh-huh. Um, Highland Park is a 101-point favorite. I don't think Highland Park's going to cover that no, spread. No, they won't. <laughs> Randy would, Allen will be kind. I would take Sunset plus 101, but that game yeah. will be 63 nothing or something like yeah. that. Yeah, they'll have a running clock. and they make it, You know, Fort Bend Marshall and Sharpstown uh, on Saturday went to five-minute quarters in the second half? Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> That's the ultimate I know. running clock. All right. Third place, Gatesville has allowed 441 points this year, 63 points a game in eight games. In second place, and this is where it started because our one of our old colleague – Brad Hilliard, who has since moved on to a different position, is an Austin High grad, mm-hmm. and he goes, Austin High's got to have the worst defense in Texas high school history, right? To which I replied, they only have the second worst in 6A this year, because they are second. They've given up 446 points in eight games. But Matt Stepp, Pasadena Rayburn oh, yeah, they- has allowed... 459 points in seven games. Wow. They are giving up 65 and a half points a game. That's actually bad. <laughs> they are, That's I will bad. tell you the computer rankings, and I don't like to pick on teams. They are last in 6A. Yes. They are last in 6A. We, we, we had a debate about that in the press box uh, Saturday. They were asking who the lowest rated 6A team was because mm-hmm. uh, somebody was saying that they thought. Um, 
one of the Houston ISD 6As was the worst in the state. If you're interested, oh. the bottom five in 6A are Rayburn, Dallas Molina, Houston, same Houston, Houston, Northbrook, and then El Paso, Socorro. Mm-hmm. That's in the computer. Anyway, that's not so fun fact, but it's your Texas football fun fact of the week. If you're interested, the team that has allowed the fewest points this year, um, let's see. San Saba? San Saba. They've given up nine. Yeah. And they scored 411. 418, yeah. Or 418, sorry. Yeah. Um, San Saba, Rawls, Brownwood, Dieball, and Duncanville have all allowed 33 or fewer points this year. That is your Texas High School Ball Fun Fact of the Week. All right. Uh, do you want to start Week 8, or do you want to start Snapshot Day? Yeah, let's just get into Snapshot Day and just okay. kind of give a little rundown of kind of what the plans are and what it is. Um, okay, so what, are the, what, what is it and what are the, what are the plans? All right, so uh, Friday is Snapshot Day, and you, you may ask. Now, because you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what Snapshot hey, Day is. Hey, Matt, Matt, step. Matt, Matt, I'm raising my hand. Matt? Yes, Greg. I have a question. Yes, sir. What's Snapshot Day? So UIL realignment is coming up in February, and mm-hmm. the numbers for UIL realignment are taken on Snapshot Day. So whatever enrollment you turn into the UIL on Friday, I think they have a couple of days, but Friday most schools turn them in. Uh, that will be the number that the UIL uses to determine your enrollment and subsequent, subsequent classification for the upcoming realignment. Mm-hmm. So... Starting Friday, we will be collecting uh, lots of data and lots of numbers. We'll be getting help from our friends uh, Jerry Forrest and Carl Padilla as well um, to help us collect um, numbers from across the state. So hopefully sometime in November, we can have a somewhat accurate guess as to what the cutoffs will be and put out maybe a mock realignment for our uh, subscribers to uh, chew on during the playoffs. That would be very funny. And we're going to post the numbers at some point on the website once we get enough in to... Now, there are a couple teams you were talking about that you already know, like, the numbers are not official official, Mm -hmm. but, like, we have a pretty good idea. And most, more than than anything, coaches have a pretty good idea of where they stand. And you told me some rather shocking ones right before we came out. Yeah, I only remember one of them already, though. You You told me Tascosa's dropped. Yes, Tascosa's one I can remember. Yes, I've been told that Amarillo Tascosa is uh, almost a sure bet to drop to 5A. And then the other that one helps mentioned. West Texas quite a bit because now you can send San Angelo and Abilene back to West Texas. Yes, that's helpful. But for everybody, the other one I heard was the Mighty Sand Crabs. Yes, Port Lavaca Calhoun is the other one. Yes, I'm fairly certain they'll be dropping down to a Class Four A. That's wild. It's a good, I, be good for them. Yes, very good. For good them. for them. They, so. do you, do you, for those who don't know, and I'm, you're listening, to they might podcast. get added. In, you know where where I think they could get added to. Hmm. That that El Campo, Sealy, Brazos. Whoa, yeah. Columbia, Could Neville? you see that? that boy, Man. talk about that a district getting even better. That's already a district of doom this yeah. year. Man, so, that is wild. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Snapshot Day is coming up on TexasFootball.com um, on Friday. Make sure you keep an eye a on big that. week on TexasFootball.com for high school football nerds. Playoff playoff projections. Yeah. Uh, we got we got Snapshot Day. And, of course, week nine. Yeah. Uh, but week eight came and went. Uh, let's just let's start with uh, the Matt Step wild ass game of the week, yeah, I remember the game, game of the game of the decade. Uh, as Saturday afternoon, I was down at Cy Fair and watched Tom Ball Memorial and Cy Lakes score 143 points in regulation, 20 touchdowns. Uh, I think it was over 1,300 yards of offense, 60, 60 first downs in the game. It was Tom Ball Memorial 73, Cy Lakes 70. So I was following this game on Twitter. You were there, and so was uh, Tony Blaylock. Tony Blaylock was there. Adam Coleman was there. But you guys, you and Tony were the two that I saw doing most of the play-by-play, and it was a flurry of tweets yeah. coming from both of yeah, you guys. it was amazing. So Fiam Masood, the quarterback for um, Silex, who is committed to the University of Houston, he moved in this year from the Bronx. He's from New York. Oh! And... He had 521 yards passing, six touchdowns, and he ran for 150 yards and four touchdowns. He accounted for 10 touchdowns by himself. Needless to say, he is a Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominee. And, and who, poor Tom Ball Memorial, their quarterback, he, he throws for seven touchdowns and 400 yards and doesn't even get nominated. And <laughs> they now, lost. His, yeah, no, they won. Tom no, Ball they won. won. Tom Ball won. So, 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 so Safai Masood threw wits. Put up 10 touchdowns and lost. Yes, yeah. But we did nominate Tom Ball Memorial's wide receiver, Logan, Logan Kyle. He had, I think, 240 yards receiving and four touchdowns. He had oh a pretty good day. Just Unbelievable. a crazy game. And, and it wasn't necessarily – And I did interview Sam Parker after the game, and he mentioned it. He was like – you know, there were some bust, busted coverage, that kind of thing. But 
I think it was just more affected. Both offenses just got on such a roll mm-hmm. that I'm not sure the defenses could have done anything to, to really slow it down. It, so it was it was, it was pretty wild. Crazy. Yeah, and, and I'm a, I'm on a non Friday heater. You are Saturdays and Thursdays. You've been yeah. really hot. I had some really good games. So um, and I've got some good ones this week. We'll talk about at the end of the show. So um, and so I mean elsewhere across the state. Um, Couple of long losing streaks got snapped. Yeah, Abilene Wiley and Tornillo Congra- snapped some losing. Congrats streaks. to Abilene Wiley. I was very, very, I was very happy to see them get off the. Track. And I was talking to our good friend Brandon McAuliffe uh, from Abilene, who works for BigCountryPreps.com, about Abilene Wiley yesterday. There's a good chance they get third place in that district, and it would not shock me in the least if they they finish the regular season three and seven, and then they're in the they're they're, they're in the third round of the playoffs at five and seven, like four five A region yeah. two division one. Uh, uh, Division two, region one. Like, why not? Other than Lubbock, Lubbock Cooper is the yeah. big favorite. But other than that, Abilene Wiley could easily end up in the third round of the playoffs. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, elsewhere across the state, um, I mentioned it on Texas football today. I think that I think the game, I think the team that I can't shake that impressed me the most was Shiner. Um, yeah, man, they went to Weimer and put it on them. I mean, in with. No regard for human. They life. left no doubt. No. Weimer, Weimer hit a big pass play to go up seven nothing, and then Shiner was like, "Okay, that's nice. We're just going to score fifty two points in a row yeah. and just yeah. destroy just, you, just, just crush your soul." It was unbelievable, and and that was because to me, what's now very interesting is that I think that we have in a lot of different places, a lot of different places in our rankings, we have these questions where if you want to say that the team in second place should be in first place. I hear it. Mm-hmm. If you want to come to me and say Shiner is the best team in two eighty one, okay, yeah, like I can buy it. I can certainly buy it. Yeah. If you want to come to me and say Shadow Creek's the best team in five A Division one, yeah, I can buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and Carthage in four eighty one. Carthage in four eighty one. We moved Pleasant Grove ahead of Waco Connolly in four A Division two. I think if you want to say Connolly's the best team, in yeah, four, I mean they case. just were. Yeah, they, yeah, we just we switched Pleasant Grove back up with the strength of their win over Gilmer. If you want to say Wall's the best team in 3A Division One, yeah. I would hear that. Mm-hmm. That is what's interesting about this. Uh, Katie, if, if you want to say Katie's the best team in 6A. They have the best win. They Absolutely they do. Um, it is a... It's, we're getting into this point now where... where I, it's getting me geeked up for the playoffs, and more importantly, it's getting me geeked up for like the third round of the playoffs. Yeah, some of these games will happen in the third round. Yeah, I'm like we're waiting. It's like okay, you know, let's 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 get there. You know, yeah. we got to get there. But uh, w- are you wearing the bow tie week one of the playoffs on the show? Of course, I am. That's what yes. I thought you Don't you worry about that. I'm still waiting for you to bust out the bolo tie. I'm not doing a bolo <laughs> tie. Um, Coach Coach Ken Purcell would disown me if I did. Okay, uh, but they were it, it. That's what's so interesting to me is we now are. I think we're truly, truly, like, separating the wheat from the chaff. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, for sure. and this always happens come, come, come district season. And, yeah, you're getting more blowouts because you've got teams that are first-place teams playing last-place teams, right? Yeah. But it's just it's a really fun time right now because you're starting to get that kind of separation. Yeah, I think the second week in a row in 2A, the 2A top 20, top 10 in D1 and D2, Went nineteen and zero. Nineteen and zero. Second week in a row. After all that chaos, it's been chalky. Yeah. Now, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Now, well, they I think Holly had a bye, so they're the only one that didn't play right. last week. But uh, the nineteen who played all went nineteen and zero, and pretty much all won dominant. Fans. So there's your week eight quick recap. We will now move into week nine and get into the draft. Where if it's your first time listening to Tep and Step, welcome. I'll run it through. We go back and forth, picking games, um, selecting which games we are most interested in. Uh, once it's picked, it's off the board. We do five rounds. And at the end of it, we also give our hipster game of the week, which I need to find one while I got one. we're recording. Ooh. I already have it. What class? 482. Okay. okay, I'll avoid 482. I'll just avoid 482. We did a coin flip before the, game, before the, the draft. I won the coin flip, so I get first pick. It's a good week, too. It's a very good week. And I think, I think I'm going off the board with this. Okay. With 1-1. One, one. Because I think, I don't know about you, we, we've not talked about this. This is true. We're, we're just sitting here. I think there's an obvious game for number one. Mm-hmm. You think there is? Okay, good. Uh, we're on the same. I'm not crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass that. I'm going to pass okay. on that. And I'm going to go to Corpus Christi. Ooh, okay. And I'm going to go to, uh, let's see, what district is this? Let me make sure I get this right. District 15, 5A, Division One. Oh, I know what game you're talking about. Where a team that was 1-9 and nine for three consecutive seasons three years ago mm-hmm. 
is on the verge of clinching their first district title since 2001. Not clinching outright, but at least a share. Getting 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 over the hump and, and getting past all of their biggest hurdles. I'm talking, of course, about Corpus Christi Miller mm, taking on Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. One caveat here. That game is not in the preview this week because I, we previewed Miller and Flower Buff last week, so I wanted to mix it up a little bit. That's the only reason that game's not in the preview. It's in the picks. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Buccaneer Stadium in Corpus Christi. Um, and what Justin Evans has done at Miller is simply sensational. He's a he's he's one of our 40 under 40. He's a fast rising coach. Uh he's done a great job. He, he he's turned Miller completely around and has them. He's got M- Miller is the, kind of the legacy program in Corpus Christi. The it oldest. was Corpus Christi High. Yes, they they're the legacy program and so they've been down for quite some time. They've been a great bat. They have, they have they have a state title in basketball not that long ago. Yeah. Um so th- there's talent there and he's found a way to get that talent out and and man has done a wonderful job there. It's it's been so remarkable to see and and the last week they go and last week was a do they got the juice game right they played corpus christi flower bluff and flower bluff basically it's in in corpus christi it's cal allen and then it's either flower bluff or veterans memorial veterans memorial making a run but mm-hmm. usually flower bluff right and flower bluff beat veterans memorial earlier this year yep and and kind of established themselves as at least the second best team in corpus For sure. christi they played cal allen tough and yeah. they played non-district so yeah but uh, but Miller has come from out of nowhere, basically. I know they were a hipster pick for you in the they early game. Making me look smart. But this is a team, what I love about them is that their balance offensively has been great. Marcel Davis, their running back, goes along with Andrew Bodie, this junior quarterback who has been awesome. Yes. He's been great. And, in fact, 152 pass attempts. Zero interceptions. He's done a great job. And, he's, and Ralph Rodriguez, they've got all the weapons. They, they've yes. got – that was the key, the key from Miller this year was finding a running game and, and finding some defense. And they seem to have found both. Their defense has been great. Their def- I mean, basically their defense won that game against Flower Bluff. Like their yeah. defense came up big when it counted. In the second most. half, they made, they made their comeback. Yes, absolutely. They you know they they shut you know they, they shut them out in the fourth quarter. It was tw- it was you know they were they were down and and they shut them out in the fourth quarter. Um, really really impressive stuff from them. Uh, going up against. And this is, you know, now look, they, if they win this game, they, they still have two more games to go. But those games would be against Corpus Christi Ray and Corpus Christi Moody. Uh, Moody's interesting. Moody might be fighting for a playoff Moody's spot. Moody's got an outside shot at fourth, yeah. Yes, but, I mean, they're going to be favoring both those games. Yeah. Going up against Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, who is, I think, a really, uh, I think they're your classic Corpus Christi team, where they are not sexy, but they play great defense, and they will, and and then they they basically spread the ball around to a variety of different guys. This is a, this is a team that it. I don't think this team has a superstar. No, they they graduated kind of yeah. their superstar last year in David Soto. Yeah. Uh, they've kind of they had a great year last year, went twelve and one, and they're, they're kind of in a little bit of a retooling mode. The thing about Corpus Christi veterans, you always have to watch out for is they always have some special teams tricks mm-hmm. up their sleeves. They're kind of like Arlington Martin in that way, where they really spend a lot of times work time working on special teams. Mm-hmm. So they'll always have some tricks up their sleeve, and they can they can change a game with their special teams play. If they have a superstar, it's probably Kobe Kobe. Piper, their running back, but Cody Simper does an outstanding job with them, and, and they've been excellent this year, most especially defensively. Their defense has been very good up front. Big Anthony Guerrero is, is up front, kind of clogging the way. Um, there is, I mean, this is now, I mean, look, Cal Allen's got some really interesting games down the stretch, right? They're, they're going to get potentially an unbeaten Alice team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still have to play Calhoun. And they still got to play Calhoun. Mm-hmm. But if you want to tell me this is the biggest game in Corpus Christi for the rest of the year, I think I buy it. I think this is a huge, huge game. Interesting CISD game. It's going to be a big crowd. A massive crowd. That crowd. I mean, Miller had a huge crowd at home last week. And there's, I think the game is at their home stadium. Mm-hmm. It's at Buccaneer the, Stadium. They're the visitors. There will be a mass. There will be a near sellout crowd. I think. I think that this game. They're, has, they're coming out of the woodwork. Exactly. Because as you mentioned, this is the legacy program. Mm-hmm. This is the legacy program, and it's and guys. I, I just can't stress enough. We had uh, Justin Evans on F- Football Friday on Fox. I can't stress enough. I tried to explain it to people. Guys, Miller has been so bad they have for a long, long time, and they are suddenly on the cusp of pulling together one of the more remarkable years. Yeah. And, and they win this game. They, they have a very good shot at 10-0. I mean, Which, 10-0 is doable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, that's my first pick. Like I said, I went a little bit off the board. What's Great your game. first pick? 
I think I'm gonna go to the game that kind of we we think is the, the obvious the one. one. Yeah, Friday uh, Thursday night. This is a Thursday game. In, it's a great Thursday yes. slate, actually. <laughs> Thursday night in Beaumont. Yes, as defending six A Division One state champion Galena Park North Shore visits six A Division Two runner up. Beaumont Westbrook in a battle of teams that are unbeaten in district play and are thirteen and one combined as North Shore's one got the one loss to Katie. Top ten teams. Beaumont Westbrook's eighth, I think. Eighth or ninth, yeah. Um and you know, last year this game North Shore destroyed Westbrook. It was a blowout. Fifty six to seven. Yes. But I think that game represented a turning point for Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Because Westbrook, after that, didn't lose again until they lost to Longview. They found, figured it out and got rolling, and I think that game kind of was a turning point for them. For North Shore, it was we were like, okay, this team is really something to be reckoned with last year. When they, when they blew Westbrook out, we were like, whoa. That was the game that whenever... Whenever, like, when the state championship game got got set, and then everybody kind of does the digging into the games and stuff like that, and all the people at Fox are, like, texting me with questions, I got, like, three or four text messages from people be like, North Shore beat Westbrook by 49? Yeah. And I was, was like, yes, that's how good North Shore yeah. is. Sky, Skynet was online yes. at that point. The machine was working. Yes. Um, North Shore's different this year. They're not quite as dominant defensively as they were last year, but and they really weren't as dominant offensively until a couple weeks ago when they got one Shadrach Banks back. That's changed the dynamics for North Shore a little bit. They were they were playing to use a hockey metaphor because you're coming back from Canada. Yeah. They were in the penalty kill for the yeah. for the early part of the season. They you know, and I think it's I think it potentially could make them a better offense now because some of those other receivers kind of had to take on more role more leading roles with Banks out. And now, with Banks drawing all that attention, I think it's going to open things up. Demetrius, the one constant has been Demetrius Davis. He's been fantastic. Um, John Gentry and Zach Evans, you know, Evans has been, been back playing mm-hmm. since he got his two-game suspension. He's been back in the mix. This is an offense that's firing in all cylinders. They rolled Baytown Sterling 63 to nothing last week. And their defense, what was interesting about that game last week, they held Baytown Sterling to 29, 29 yards of offense for the game. If North Shore gets that defense going, they're going to be real tough to beat. Westbrook, it's been good, but they've 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 scuffled in a few games and, and won some close ones and haven't been quite the yeah. as, impre- as impressive as as you would think they would be. The um, one thing about them that's interesting is that they they tend to start fast and then teams can they can maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah. Um, they were the only time. The only time they basically didn't start fast was against Houston Lamar, and they ended up they had to fight the whole game. They fought the whole game. They ended up taking the lead into halftime, yeah. but they were down like seventeen nothing or something like that. But then they made a wild comeback. Ended up coming back and winning that game. Um, they got to get out to a fast start this week yes. against North Shore. If if North Shore comes out, and it's fourteen nothing in the first quarter. I mean, it's going to be it's church. Yeah, Westbrook's got to come out. Punch North Shore in the mouth a little bit and see how the Mustangs react on the road. It's going to be a tough environment. Westbrook's going to have a big crowd. It's going to be in Beaumont. If Westbrook can get can come out, hit a big player or two, and get a stop, I think they've got a shot to keep it competitive. But that's that's easier said than done because North Shore seems to be kind of finding their groove and, and kind of gearing up for what could be a third-round playoff game against Katie. I think they got to hit a, home run, a couple home runs. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Yeoman, their quarterback, has got to hit a couple home runs. They can do it. I mean, this is a this is, this Westbrook's talented. Speed ain't the problem no. for Westbrook, okay? And, and really what's going to be interesting is – if you want to talk about, there's probably only a handful of teams that can that can match up with North Shore from a speed perspective. Well, here's one. Yeah, I mean, certainly the key in this one's going to be up front. That's yes. where North Shore's had the huge edge the last couple of years against Westbrook. That's where I think North Shore's got the edge. Is, yes. is Westbrook's not a big team by any means. So, um, but maybe the home field advantage helps them. It's going to be a Thursday. It's a, it's a tough drive on a Thursday mm-hmm. east on I-10. Traffic's going to be a mess. It's just you know, mm-hmm. you never know. But uh, I think it's a it's a fascinating game and what's a really good Thursday slate across the state of Texas. I like it. it's a very good Thursday slate. Yes. Speaking of Thursday slates, my second pick. Let's talk about two teams I don't think we've mentioned in the show this year. One of them I think is understandable. The other one is kind of surprising. Let's go to Vernon Newsom Stadium in Mansfield. Uh, I think that's where our uh, our sweet. A West African Prince will be Thursday night. I think night. Ishmael might be going to DeSoto and Mansfield Summit. It, 
I don't know if it's possible for DeSoto to fly under the radar. They really have. They're seven and zero, and like, but if they are, if if it's possible, it's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, they they are. It's it's wild, and I think it's because of Duncanville being right down the road, and and all that, and, and just the Duncanville aura mystique that Reggie Samples has going on right now. But Claude Mathis has come into DeSoto and and very quietly put together yes. a seven zero start. Yes, and they're going to be favored in this game against Summit. The the key for them, and and they ran into these problems last year, if I remember correctly. Um, they they have been looking for a quarterback for a couple years now, basically. Since Sean Robinson, since Sean, Tra- yeah. since Sean Robinson left, basically, well, they got one. Samari Collier yeah. has been awesome. Yeah, he he looked great. And seven on seven, when I saw DeSoto, I was like, okay, they got their guy. Yeah, he he can run that offense. He runs that high tempo offense very well. And DeSoto seems to be a team getting better each week. Yes, they do. And we knew that they were going to have some dudes. Uh, they always got dudes. Yeah. The defensive end, Shamar Turner, has been great. Um, they can run the ball with Jaius and Brown. This is a really good balanced team. It's yes. just they do, they do everything pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, they're going up against Mansfield Summit. And Summit is a squad that I think is understandable for them to fly under the radar. They took one loss earlier this year to... Bah, 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 why am I blanking on who they lost to? Live coverage of Tepper looking at uh-huh. Let's go to textfootball.com slash team slash Mansfield hyphen Summit hyphen Jaguars and see that Mansfield Summit lost earlier this year to... Cedar Hill. They went to Cedar Hill. And they lost 49-21. Now, DeSoto hadn't played Cedar Hill yet. No, that's later in the year. Later in the year. I'll let Cedar Hill scuffle last week. Anyway, um, Summit has been... Kanan McKinney has been really good. He's been very solid for them the quarterback spot. They are When they get the running game going with Jadon Lott, they're really good, and they're hard to stop. The Jaguars are. Plus, their defense has been very solid. They've got a junior defensive end to keep an eye on, too, and Cameron Washington. They've been very good. What is interesting to me about this is that DeSoto has not played a close game yet. No. They have not had to, they have not had to make plays when it counts in the fourth quarter. Summit has. Summit did against South Grand Prairie last week, which was impressive. Great win for, for Summit. Really good. And they did it earlier against Mansfield. Yes. They have played late in close games. DeSoto hasn't. Can Summit get this game to the fourth quarter and maybe, to quote a, to quote a philosopher, you never know what them booty hole's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's probably the best chance, I would say, for Summit. DeSoto, Absolutely. DeSoto's a favorite. Get this thing to the fourth quarter. Let's see what happens. See if you can force DeSoto into a couple of mistakes and steal it from them. You know what? That, that happened last year when DeSoto played Mansfield-Lakeridge. Like, mm-hmm. They were undefeated, and Lakeridge got them to the fourth quarter, and Lakeridge made some plays late to... To get the win, I, I think it's a, a great kind of outlook on this game because I think it exactly fits the narrative here. Yeah, Soto and key for Summit's going to be coming out and, and keeping this game close in the first half. Don't lose this get, game at halftime. Get to halftime. Keep stay within striking distance. Come out of the second half and see if you can make some plays at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm interested to see how the, how this one fits. This is Soto's first. They, they got a nice win over Dallas Jesuit early in the year, but I don't think EJ Smith played in that game. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the first real kind of test. Yeah, for, they, for it's been a weird schedule. They played like I think because they have to because not a whole lot of teams want to schedule. But like they, they played, played Permian. Permian. They played a, like one of the bishops. Bishop, Bishop Dunn, Dunn, who's way down this way year. Way down. Do you see that eleven overtime game? I heard about it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, they are. Yeah. It's this is a big test for them, and I think you can make a real argument. This is their biggest test so far. Oh, for sure. And and at the very least, this is a nice preview for DeSoto and Cedar Hill, which will, of course, be a huge game and blah, 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 blah. But uh, Mansfield Summit and DeSoto is my second pick. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm going to pick a game that I'm going to be at Saturday night. Do I, I don't know your schedule yet. So we'll, is, we'll, we'll release it a little early. An actual, an actual intrigue for me. Saturday night. Hero Stadium in San Antonio, a six and one San Antonio Roosevelt takes on five and two San Antonio Johnson mm-hmm. in a game with district title implications in twenty eight six A. For Roosevelt, yes, <laughs> Dist- San Antonio Roosevelt has quietly put together a six and one season, and they have one district loss. They, they kind of lost a, a, an inexplicable game to Madison. That's the one question I have about Roosevelt. Roosevelt, man for man, talent for talent in Northeast ISD is the best team in the district, but they'll kind of play an inexplicably bad game and lay an egg. Did they get their one egg out of the way, and are they ready to, ready to take on Johnson, who's undefeated in district play? Mm-hmm. That's that's the big question here. Um, the other the advantage that I think uh, 
you know, Roosevelt has in this game, like I said, is their team speed. They yeah. got a big win last Saturday over San Antonio Reagan. Uh, Rashad Owens ran for 192 yards and three touchdowns. They are athletic. And their team speed is going to give uh, Johnson a lot of trouble. Um, but Johnson, you know, they, they, they started the year one and two. They've won four in a row. They, mm-hmm. They're dominating in district. They rolled past South Sand 33-7. to Ty Reasoner had a good game. I think the key the key in this game absolutely is this because I think aside from Converse Judson Roosevelt may be the second fastest team in the two one zero yeah they, they got they they bring a lot of speed to the table and, and big plays mm-hmm. they they are very reliant on the big play so the key for Johnson is going to be make Roosevelt drive down the field because they're they're going to hope that Roosevelt's going to shoot themselves in the foot and on on these kind of making them drive nine ten plays seventy five eighty yards um, I think Johnson's better up front. So that's going, to, that's going to be a big key for them. But I think this and this this also has potential playoff seeding implication. Even if it somehow is not for the district title, mm-hmm. both these teams, if they make the playoffs, are Division Two bound. So now you're looking at, at seeding and avoiding a uh, t- much tougher first-round matchup against uh, San Antonio Brandeis. Yes, that's an excellent pick. And, and Avoid the Brandeis Bowl. The last time – do you know Brand, uh, Roosevelt has not had a winning season since 2012? Okay, uh, including wow. 2014, they were 0 and 10. Okay, they have been, they have. I mean, this has been a program that has been down. But you're exactly right. They have put it all together this year, and it's just like what I what I really appreciate about uh, the about what this team is is you know all I ever ask of teams is know who you are, like know who you are. And what I think is great about Matt Carroll is I think he looked around his roster. He goes, all right, you know what. We just got a bunch of dudes who can fly. Yeah. Like, just a bunch. We got a track team. Why don't we just get real wide and just get them the ball in space? Just yeah. see what happens. I think, the, uh, like, uh, Rashad Owens is, is their best athlete. I think he played receiver last year, mm-hmm. and they moved into running back just to say, hey, we're just we're, we're going to put the sure. ball in your hands 15, 20 times yeah, a game. Yeah, we're just going to do this. Um, really interesting matchup here. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, major, major playoff implications. Here. Yes. That's so a great Saturday yes. game for me to see. All right. I don't think this game's in your preview. Maybe I missed okay. it when I was zooming through it, but I don't think this game's in your preview. Hold on, let me do a quick search. Make sure I'm not speaking out of my butt. No, it's not here. Oh, wow. And yet, it's a game that we always talk about and is super intriguing this year for reasons we didn't anticipate. Matt Sepp, let's go to Tiger Stadium in Rockdale. Will the V oh. be lit? Battle of the Bell. As the Battle of the Bell. One of the great rivalries. One of the great rivalries yeah, in Texas football. They're in Central Texas. Cameron Yeo and Rockdale going Good at it. Good rivalries, too. Jay Plotkin's going to have a rivalry piece up. This um, this game is, is usually, usually you can pencil this in for the district championship game. One of the two is yes. competing for a district title. They, at least one of them. Maybe one of them is having a down year, but at the very least, this game has major district title implications. Dare I say, this has no district title. Yeah, Troy's had other ideas about that. Troy? Lago Vista? I mean, now both these teams are making plays. But here's the thing, and here's the new intrigue, Matthew. The loser of this game is probably playing Grandview in the first round. It's possible. I mean, it's quite possible. Rockdale played Grandview in the first round last year. Yeah. Well, that's because Grandview what? Grandview was the number two seed Number two seed. Yeah. They're probably playing Grandview in the first round. And that's probably death. They don't want that. You don't want that. Not that early. No, no, no. So, this is a huge game still, like, for a different reason. Like, normally it's like, oh, okay, are they going to win the district or not? This is arguably more intriguing. And what is, after doing, I did some research on this game. First of all, this game is always pointsy. Always. Mm -hmm. The last 14 games have averaged more than 67 points a game. Take the over. Always take the (laughs) over in this game. And this game, looking at these two particular teams, figures to be points as well. Two really good quarterbacks. Braden Brashear, the quarterback for Yo. uh, Jace Robinson, the quarterback for for Rockdale. They're humming. I mean, even even in Rockdale's loss last week to Troy, they put up 44 points. Offense wasn't the issue last week. offense was not the issue. This is going to be high scoring. It is a huge rivalry game. This is a game where there's going to be a lot of emotion, and you better believe both of these coaches are going. uh, Jeff Miller at Rockdale and and Tommy Brashear at Yo, 
they're going to let it all hang they, loose. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to let it fly in this they game. Have got, they, because I, I guarantee you they're looking at this and saying, if we lose this game, we're probably first round. We're probably losing in the first round yeah. of Grandview. And then you talk about a bad year. We not only lost the district title, we also didn't win the bell. Yes, that's so, exactly right. Yeah. There is so many implications here that are. it's just such a different kind of battle of the bell this year. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this interesting. I, I'm interested to see how Rockdale responds to a loss. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, Man, you know, they've been rolling. Yeah, and, and they got kind of punched in the mouth a little bit last week, and I think that's kind of a, it kind of bruised the ego a little bit. A little. So I'm interested to see how Rockdale responds uh, to that loss to Troy. Yes. So that is my third pick. I'm taking the battle of the bell. Right. Yo and Rockdale. What is your third pick? I'm headed to the panhandle for the big game in 4A Division One. Yes, sir. As 7-0 and Dumas visits 6-1 and Canyon in the district opener. I was going to say district opener, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a four-team district. All four teams are in the playoffs. But this is for seeding here. Uh, I think these are the two best teams in the district, and I think they're they're playing for the district title here. And here's here's the thing: with as good as District Four is looking right now, with Gainesville undefeated, Springtown and De- Decatur still really good, the loser of this game is going to play one of those three. The winner is going to have a tough game as well, but a little bit easier matchup against a, a Hershey team that we I think is kind of shown they're a little down this mm-hmm. year. Um, I'll tell you what, Dumas, the defense has been the story for the Demons. Man, Aaron Dunham's defense has been unbelievable. They have pitched a shutout in four of their last five games and, and in three in a row. Uh, but the offense, they're yeah. averaging over 40 a game as well. They're putting up numbers. I mean, we saw Dumas at the State 7-on-7 seven seven tournament, and they, they put on a show. They've just been really good. They've just been consistently excellent. There's no stars. I don't think this is kind of the, the, yes. the true definition of a team. But I, I really think the Demons, they're, 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 I think, ranked fifth or sixth in our state poll this, this week. Mm-hmm. Really, really outstanding. And, and they're a team I think has a chance to make a little bit of noise. But Canyon, uh, you know, they were, they were rolling. They were 6-0, and rolled into Andrews, and kind of got, kind of like Rockdale, kind of got punched in the mouth by Andrews, lost 41-22, to and they've had a week to stew on it because everyone in that district was off last week. Um, the big question here is going to be Jay DeForest, the quarterback. He left the game against Andrews in the second quarter with an undisclosed injury. Is he going to play this mm. week? Is he back? That's the key. If DeForest plays, I think this is a, this is a single-digit game. This is a close ball game. I like Dumas, but I still think it's a very close game. But if DeForest doesn't play, I think Dumas could pull away. But I, my, I'm betting on DeForest playing with, with the week off. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to give it a shot because this is a huge game in, in District 3-4A Division One. I. I think I think you're probably right. I think that's probably the, the way to go about it. But... Um, yeah, this is a really interesting game for a lot I'm of I'm keeping an eye on Friday night for sure. Um, I think Fox... Do I want to say this? I think Fox is sending a reporter out there. I think we're pulling an audible because I think we're gonna go, we were going to go to Midland, Lee, and Amarillo, Tescosa, but then Tescosa lost yeah. to... Um, I love the Canyon dude. Permian? Permians. Yeah, per- lost to Permian. Weird loss. Yeah, you know, t- I was talking to uh, Lance Lonard about that, former Amarillo Globe News reporter today, and... Uh, I was confirming that if he'd heard the same thing out of Tasco so that I'd heard, which he had, um, and he was told me he said the one thing about Permian is they're 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 the one team in that district who knows how to defend Tascosa's offense because mm-hmm. they basically run the same offense, so that's a tough matchup for Tascosa. Um, but yeah, it was very surprising. I thought Tascosa was was in Midland Leeward doomed, destined for a big time showdown. I, I thought so. Still too. a big game. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but I think they I think they want to pull it off. Uh, and then go to Liam Permian at the end of the year, which maybe end up may, at the finale, which may end up being the, for the district title. Could potentially be yeah. Permian, which should if they take care of friendship. Yeah. Permian, Permian should be yeah. uh, uh, three and one heading into that game mm-hmm. in district play. All right, or four zero. They be four zero in district play. All right, my fourth pick. All right, Matt. Do you remember how many matchups of undefeated game teams there were last year? Dang last week, my pick. I think I, I think so. uh, I, six take, last week. There were six. I find it actually kind of hard to believe there's only one this year, this week. Yeah. That's kind of like an odd oddity, but I'm going to take it. And for the second week in a row, I'm talking about a wall game. Yeah, I'm going to take wall. Second week in a row, wall plays an unbeaten team. <laughs> I'm going to take wall in Eastland. Um, this is at I this, love this match back home at Hawk Stadium. Uh, what I am really interested in is. What I'm interested in is that this is a while this is another undefeated team. This is such a different team than what Jim Net is. Oh yeah, for sure. Because they do not have the Eastland does not have the defense that Jim Net has, Mm-mm. but Eastland does have 
the individual superstar that Jim Ned does not. Correct. They've got a flamethrower on offense. they got Baron Morton. Yeah. And when you have a power five quarterback at the 3A level, you have a chance in every game you, you mm-hmm. play. Absolutely. And this is going to be a huge test because the thing is, while Wall's defense has been spectacular all year long, a lot of their defense has been good against run-based offenses. Mm-hmm. If you look at who they've played, their big wins have been have been really impressive, but they've been against teams that generally run the ball. Eastland don't do that. No. Eastland, They're much more balanced. Eastland is a lot more balanced. And if they look at this and they go, you know what? We think you can t- we can take advantage of your secondary. They have the weapons to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Baron Morton's been awesome this year. Now going up against Wall, who has – the defense was just so good last week. The offense – did what it needed to. Kind of had a week off. But they're also playing, I think, a worse defense than this. There's two things that are super interesting to me about this game. One is this strikes me as a playoff preview in the sense that these are the types of games I think we're all marveling at. Man, Wall went on the road and played Jim Ned, and now they're playing Eastland. That's... That's what you have to do in the playoffs. If you want to win the region, especially three division one yes. region one this year, if you want to win that region, you're going to have to run through a gauntlet. You have to run through a gauntlet like this, yeah. right? We're going to have to play a really good team, and then the next week play a really good team, and you're and, and yeah, differing styles. This is a huge test for both these teams as far as can they do that? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Eastland might play Jim Ned next week. Yeah, yeah, so we'll get a great, so we'll get it mean, all right. We'll in. get all right now. The other thing, Wall. 48-game district winning streak. They have not lost a district game, I think, since 2010. It's pretty long, yeah. They have, they have been dominating this district. Huge matchup. I think, I think there's a decent chance Eastland wins this game. The firepower. And here's the thing about Eastland. Everybody talks about Baron Morton. Mm-hmm. Eastland does have a really good running back. Brandon mm-hmm. Fielding, the, he's a 200-pound mm-hmm. bowling ball back yeah. there. He gives them a, a, that balance that, that allows Morton to really – because. Teams can't just put seven, eight guys back to defend the pass. They've got to put guys in the box. Because if not, if, if Morton gets to the line and he only sees five or six guys in the box, he's going to check down to a, a run to, to mm-hmm. Fielding, and Fielding's going to pick up six yards running the ball every time because he's such a big and physical back at that level. So um, he's kind of the X factor in this game. I, I personally picked Wall. I think the home field advantage is going to be big for Wall, and I can't see that offense getting slowed down two weeks in, two weeks in a row, but I think it's going to be a very pointsy game. I think it'll be very pointsy. I think it could be really, really interesting. And, and again, but for Eastland... Game playing for the flex bone is tough. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard. It it's is. It's a hard animal to wrap your arms around, and especially when you run it as well as they do. Mason Fuchs and, and, and all those guys, that they're just in, they all understand that offense so well. That's what makes it so interesting. And, I mean, so last week on the show, on F- Football Friday, maybe it was on scoreboard. I say a lot in a lot of shows. I think I, I, decla- I said Wall is now the team to beat in Region 1. I, have a, I, I, I thought that for a while. Yeah, I have the team beating Region One. They go. The, they got there and beat Eastland. I will. I'll put in marker. Okay, that they're how, the team to beat. In region. How, how good is we were talking about? How three A Division One Region One playoffs? Mm-hmm. Eastland Wall Jim Ned Pilot Point Brock Bushland. That's six teams. You know what? I'll throw another one out there. I think Boyd's dangerous. Boyd pushed. They, Pilot they Point. pushed Pilot yeah. Point. I mean, there's six or seven. The, the, the second round of the playoffs, when these teams start... Now, in the first round, some of these teams are going to be playing each other. I mean, this 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 region is going to be fun. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. Like, it is going to be... I'm here for it. I mean, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. And then, by the Sch- way... Schedule your games on Thursdays then, so you can go watch. And then, by the way, you get out of that... Whoever survives that region probably gets Malakoff. Yeah. That's why I love the playoffs. The playoffs are so much fun. What's your fourth pick, Matthew? Speaking of Malakoff... Ah! That's how you do it. Talk about a segue. Six and one, Dallas Madison. How about that? The Trojans heading down 175 to visit Cedar Creek Lake and the Malakoff Tigers, who are also six and one in a game that's going to decide the district title. These are clearly the two best teams in this district. And this is the chance for us to see is Dallas Madison for real? Not a coach. Sunnyvale's coach, John Settle, Sunnyvale State ranked. They played Madison in non district. And he texted me that night and said, Hey, Step. Keep an eye on Dallas Madison. He goes. He goes. We we pulled away and beat them, but they're. He goes in three A. They are really good. And he's like the only team in the district that I think can beat them is Malakoff, and he's been right so far. Hmm. They put it to Kemp last week, and Kemp's down, but Kemp's probably still, not that down. They're probably still a playoff team in that district, hmm. 
and they demolished Kim, 53-7. And guess, they did it without their best player. Cedric Pelham, the uh, Washington State commit at wide receiver, has been out the last couple of weeks. Um, status is unknown for this week's game, but they did it without him. Jalen Thibodeau throws five touchdowns, 292 yards, no big deal. And Marcus Gates, gets he, he's a, he was our coach of the week this week in 3A, very underrated, does a great job with that team. I, I think they're a team that, that, if they have all their weapons, can go to Malakoff and push the Tigers a little bit. Uh, Malakoff, though, last two weeks they've done nothing but score 70 points and pitch shutouts. Um, granted, against overmatched opponents, but the Tigers have you know done what they needed to do. Andreas Garrett, the, the, uh, the, the versatile player at receiver DB, they've got you know, the young quarterbacks back for his junior season, did a great job last year. And Malakoff's got all the pieces, and they've got mm-hmm. the experience from last year's team. So I like Malakoff in this game. I think they've got that big game experience edge. Madison's going to be going into a tough environment. It's going to be a full house in Malakoff. It's going to be real tough. That's that's not an environment that a Dallas ISD team is used no, to going into. That's going to be the challenge for Coach Gates and that ball club to go an hour, hour and a half on the road and go and walk into a hornet's nest and try to get a win. But I don't. I don't think Madison's going to win. I think Malakoff's has got way too much. But if Madison keeps this game close. I think that gives them a lot of confidence going into the playoffs where now they're going to be a real tough out because they've got that experience going into a strange environment and playing well. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent pick. And, 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 you know, Madison, like, Madison is the kind of team that I feel like we, like, I'm willing to buy in on. Like, I'm, I'm ready to give me an excuse. Like, give me, a, like, there's a lot of things I like about this team. Like, that offense, when it gets rolling, is really hard to stop. Like, they are just a really dangerous squad. This would be the kind of thing that I don't even need them to go out there and win this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they go in there and they just, like, they play this game close, they make, if they make Malakoff sweat, you know what I mean? It's a great feather in their cap, and it yes. gives me a lot of confidence about them going into the playoffs. Absolutely. And this is Madison team last year that finished fourth in district and ended up beating a district champion in the first round of the playoffs. Right. I mean, they're dangerous. They are very dangerous. Absolutely. All right. That's a good pick. How do I want to finish this up? Golly, I'm just going to... I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. Do I know what I'm going to do? God bless it. Okay. Do I want to be... Like, super small school snob? Yeah, I do. Let's give the small school some love this week. We had some good small school love this week. You're right. Uh, Let's go, Matthew, to Crosby County, the home of the fighting jackrabbits, as the Rawls jackrabbits welcome in Tahoka in what is probably... Is, am I forgetting anybody in that district? No, I think it's... That's the district title. Yeah, I think it's the district title. These are two, clearly the that, two best teams. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of blanking on the rest of the, the rest of that district, so I want to make sure I don't... Yeah, Smire. Smire okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, these are the two best teams, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. Smire, nobody else is going to challenge them. Okay. What is really interesting about Rawls is that they are a team that I think it's easy for people to just look at them and go, oh man, this is just one of those high-powered small school offenses that just, you know, they, they, they're they just hard to stop and, you know, but are they going to be able to, to match up with teams that they play in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. I would argue to you that that is the worst side of the football for them. Now, that's not to say their offense isn't great. Jerry Flores is the the headliner on this slot t def, slot t off offense. Their defense has been smoking fools. Yes, their defense has been awesome, and they've got a great senior laden, or rather, great senior laden linebacker core that has stepped up and been excellent for them all year long. Uh, and, you know, look, they have outscored their opponents by 330-something points. I mean, they have been absolutely smoking fools. Going up against Tohoka, Tohoka is probably, uh, they're probably your underdog in this game. Not only because this game's on the road, but also because they're probably the underdog in this game. They do have two losses on the, on the year. They lost to Littlefield, and they went to Sundown, and they were kind of blown out of the water. But that's a 3A Sundown team? Or it's 281. Well, here's your opportunity to go out there and pretty much win a district championship if you're Tohoka. Uh, and, and what I really like about this Tohoka team is that I think that, they're, I think that they've improved as the season has gone on. Since those, couple, since those losses, I think they've gotten a little bit better. And most importantly for them is that this is a Tohoka team that 
their ground game is really getting going. Their running game with Malik Hamilton has been very, very good. This is a guy who was a 1,900-yard rusher a year ago. They are a dangerous, dangerous team when that ground game gets going. And this is a team we kind of saw coming because they were so experienced. They had 10 starters coming back on, yes. on each side of the ball. Yes. This is a team they've been waiting for, uh, for Coach Overstreet there at, at Tohoka. Rawls is your favorite. Rawls, and I, I, I think that they're probably going to be the, the, the team to beat in this game. Defending district champs. Yes. But I'm very interested in this matchup. And by the way, this is another thing that like you start to look at like don't tell me these games don't matter, right? Because you're looking at the loser of this game probably playing Vega in the first round of the playoffs. And that is not fun. That is a that is that is that is a no go. You do not want to play you want to finish as high as possible. If you give me the option of playing Vega or Clarendon in the first round of the playoffs, the answer is Clarendon. Yes, you want to play yes. Clarendon. You don't want to play Vega. Vega is going to be a really good third seed coming out of District 3. This is a key game not only because the district titles on the line, but you want to set up a, a potential easier playoff path. You got to go out there and win this game. I'm very interested in this in in Tohoka and Rawls is how I'm going to round out my draft. All right. My final pick. I can't believe this game is still on the board. I'm going to H-Town. I thought about this, yeah. but I picked them last week, too. Shadow Creek visiting Richmond Foster in a, a third of these two these two schools meeting the last two years. They played twice last year. The script was the same in both games. Foster jumped out to a big lead early on, mm-hmm. and then Jamarian George put Shadow Creek on his back and led the Sharks to comeback wins. And the, the second one, a heartbreaker in the fourth round of the playoffs that I was at. This is the game... That talking with Sean and McDowell in the off season, this is the one that sticks with him. Oh, this yeah. is these are the games because he 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 really and truly, and I think he has ample reason to believe it. He thinks they were better than Shadow Creek last year. Yeah, absolutely. Now and they, have a, they have a case last year. Now it's 2019 though. Yeah, this year not so much. Shadow Creek's been just a flamethrower. Kyron Drones that, that de- in that defense, they they took a unbeaten Friendswood team and pounded them last week, fifty three to six. Just did whatever they. I mean, it was non competitive. And I mean, talk. I mean, I was, I've been down in Houston the last three weeks, and all. And I'm like, is anyone in five A on Shadow Creek's level? And not a single person has said yes. Yeah, they have all to a man said Shadow Creek is clearly above and beyond the best team in the area in 5A. Now, if there's one team in Houston that can match Shadow Creek, mm-hmm. it's Foster. They've got the dudes. Dudes ain't the problem right now. The problem with Foster is they always seem to self-implode and do do silly things and hurt shoot themselves in the foot. If they can play a clean game, and that's a big if, mm-hmm. if they can play clean not shoot themselves in the foot, not get untimely penalties, not turn the ball over, not blow coverages on defenses, on defense. They've got a shot to beat Shadow Creek here, but they've got to play clean. They've got to play clean, and, and, and you go back to that loss against Friendswood, right? I, I think that you could make the argument that, again, they were better, that they're better than Friendswood, but they did not play well that night. Like, they did not play well defensively, and they got carved up by Luke Gurdon and that Friendswood team. And then you go back... And and honestly, here's why I'm worried, and here's why I here's why I'm not to spoil it, but here's why I'm picking Shadow Creek. If there's a team that Shadow Creek reminds me of, it's Fort Bend Travis, because they've mm-hmm. got playmakers on the outside that Foster's had trouble matching up with man on man, and that is the thing that that scares me a little bit is this foster defense i'm just i'm not sure they can slow down kyron drones and the and what shadow creek is doing offensively let alone get past what's been one of the best defenses in the state mm-hmm. like it's a two-sided thing i I, ju- I don't know i'm 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 kind of selling my foster stock i'm just i'm a little like that that loss to friends would really and the, and the way Friendswood got hammered by yes. Shadow Creek, yeah, I agree. It just took the it took the the sting out of it, for some you. of the starch out of it. Yes, bit, yeah. So there you go. So uh, that is our draft. Um, I took Corpus Christi Miller, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, Mansfield Summit, DeSoto, Cameron Yo, Rockdale, Eastland Wall, and Tohoka Rawls. 
Matt Stepp took Beaumont Westbrook North Shore, uh, San Antonio Roosevelt, San Antonio Johnson, Dumas, and Canyon, Malakoff, Madison, and El- Shadow Creek, and Richmond Foster. And now it is time for our hipster game of the week. And while I decide on which of the three ones that I'm going to pick, Matt Stepp is going to select his hipster game of the week. Well, I'm calling this the DCTF Bowl. Oh. As Ashley Pickles' Lano Yellow Jackets How about take on our sweet boy Brady Keene's Bandera Bulldogs. It is the DCTF Bowl. In a game that, that has got a lot of playoff implications. It is. This game's, I think, for third place. The ironic thing is both these teams have wins over Cuero. R.I.P. Quero. Mm. Oh, <laughs> and um, and that was the last time we talked about Quero on Tep and Step this year. Yeah, that, that'll be the last time you mention Quero because they're not making the playoffs. Yeah, uh, both have wins over Quero, and both are. Uh, it looks like they're destined for the playoffs, and I think this is a big game for playoff seeding. Uh, I think I think Navarro and Wimberley are clearly the two best teams in that district, but in Bandera six and one. Mm-hmm. Bandera, Bandera, Bandera first Stinkin lost Dara. to Wimberley last week. Um, I think the edge goes to Lano here. I, I think Ashley Pickle gets the edge in this one. Uh, but I think it's a fun game, and I think a game that, that like I said, has got some playoff implications that, I, that I'm, I'll be interested in watching on Friday night. If anything, just to see the two trash talk in our Slack chat. Is this... Boy. All right. Matt Step, I'm going to go as stinking hipstery. This is the... This is the most hipstery game that has ever been selected in the history of Tep and Step. All right. I don't mean to oversell uh, you're, it. You're, 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 you're selling it hard. Okay. That's a, this is a battle for fourth place in a 2A Division II Oh, I love it. This, okay? this is so this is, this is peak hipster. This is peak nerddom. Yes. Matt Step, let's go to Bowie County as the Mod Cardinals. Welcome in the Sims, the, the, the Sims Bowie Pirates. Love it for what is almost certainly East Texas stand up. Yes, what is almost certainly the battle to get killed by Munster in the first round of the playoffs. That's probably what's going on here. Okay, modern. Uh, so Mount Enterprise is. Easily the class of that district. And we were talking about Kendra Miller, that running back there, yeah. and the stupid numbers he's put Averaging up. 300 yards a game. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, Detroit's going to make the playoffs. Another guy with it. Another team with an outstanding running back. I can't remember his name right now, but he's been killing people. And there's Clarksville. Those two, th- those three teams are 2-0, and okay, in district in district 10-2A Division two. You then have three teams at 0-2. One of them is Overton. And Overton, God love you. They are quite bad. Yeah, they're, they are. They're struggling. Zero seven, and they are, have been outscored by something like two hundred and fifty points this year. Okay, it's been bad. Okay, it's been bad. Then there's Maud, and there's Sims Bowie. Now, neither of these teams are particularly good, but one of these teams is making the playoffs. Yes, this is fundamentally assuming that neither of these teams lose to Overton, which right now the computer would make them each at least 18-point favorites over Overton. Mm-hmm. This is a playoff game in Week 9. Yeah. Maud and Sims Bowie will play at... Maud, Texas, Bob. George Frost Field in Maud. Uh, hey, the Cardinals, let's go. And we let's will see it. who makes the playoffs. Um, it was named for longtime superintendent, school superintendent uh, George Frost. Okay. Hey, now you have a reason on Friday night to go look up the mod the Sims mod Bowie score. Sims Bowie score, and that is the entire point of the hipster game of the, of the hipster game of the week is for games like this. Here's the thing: they have this the, uh, George Frost Fields seats 500 people. You know what? Gonna be packed. Oh yeah, there'll be 500 people there. There is sure. your hipster game of the week: yeah. mod mod and Sims Bowie. All right, uh, and actually, here's the other thing: computer has this as a two point as as was it. Uh, a one-point game, mod by one. There you go. That is what I'm talking about. It won't be a good game, but it'll be an interesting. <laughs> but it'll game. be competitive. It'll be a competitive game. All right, Matt Step. What is your <laughs> What is your um, week that looked like this week? All right, I got a good schedule this week. Well, I was going to say you're on you're on a uh, you're on a heater. I am, and I'm I am going to. It's it's the Danny Davis Memorial Week. Uh, he's not dead, but buddy. Uh, I am going to Austin. To I've, I've never gone to Austin during the regular season for football games. Um, I have nothing against Austin, but they just don't have Thursday games. I mean, they don't have Saturday games. They don't have Saturday games because of UT. So I just haven't. And so I decided, you know what? I, this year I told I 
I got enough crap from Danny on Twitter that I hate hashtag Step Hates Austin mm-hmm. has been a thing um, that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go to Austin this year. I'm gonna make sure that I get down to Austin and see some games. And so I took, so I'm taking off work a little early Thursday. Mm. I'm work from home, so I'm drive from the E Block, which is already a little south on sure. 35, kind of get get down the way uh, to Austin for a thurs a big Thursday night game at the P Field as. Georgetown Eastview takes on Pflugerville Weiss. I really and truly should have taken this game. This game is massive. It's a huge game. Big playoff implications in this one. And you know what? It's the biggest game in Pflugerville Weiss history. Yeah. <laughs> year two for Pflugerville Weiss. I think also because it's the 18th game in Pflugerville Weiss history. Yeah, it's not. There, there hasn't been much. But yeah, that, of, the, of the 18, this is number one. Clearly. Um, and Eastview, our, our buddy Jared Fikach, they've yeah. done a good job. They're 5-2. and two, uh Struggling, they're two and two in district, but they're still right in the thick of the playoff race. So a huge game uh, in Pflugerville Thursday night. Lots of playoff implications in Craig Way's favorite district. This is now. I, I I think I mentioned this to you. I think I still think Brenham. Maybe I'm just used to, like Brenham's the known commodity. Yeah, I think Brenham's the favorite to win the district. I, I think, think so. Yeah, but if Weiss goes out there, by the way, you know who's you know who's like right behind them, Leander Glenn. Yeah. Glenn won the district last year in their first this year. Is, this is the weirdest, dumbest, it's, most it's, wonderful district. It's a weird district, yeah. So um, super excited about this game Thursday night. Um, mm. Never been to the field, so it's a new stadium for me. Mm. See a couple of new teams, so super fired up for that. And Friday, uh, the game's probably not going to be close. I'm going to go ahead and admit that. Oh, the spread is no. bad. It's a Matt Steph special. Yes, but I would, I, I'm going to go see Lampasses and yes. see our our... Our friend and your friend, Ace Whitehead. Our sweet, our sweet prince. The quarterback of the Lampasas Badgers. Top 10 ranked Lampasas Badgers, who beat Liberty Hill 52-10 to 10 last week. Talk about making a statement. And Liberty Hill's down. Liberty Hill's not Liberty Hill of old. But, but beating them 52-10, to 10, you're, you're catching my attention, Lampasas. So yeah. I want to see the Badgers in action. It's probably not going to be a very competitive game. But I get to see Lampasas. Um, and then Saturday, I'm going to head a little south on San Antonio for that game I, we talked about in the preview. Uh, San Antonio Johnson versus San Antonio Roosevelt at Hero Stadium. Mm-hmm. So that's an excellent. Padilla says he's catering to press box food just because I'm coming. He is not. Believe- he is not. So I, I, there's no way he's doing that. Um, so oh, by the way, that's your, what he says. So I'm, I'm looking ears, forward to the the great press box meal. I think I'm going to order a steak or something. I'll leave you with this. <laughs> I'll leave you with this. Um, yeah, because what? Because what high school did he go to? He went to Churchill. Churchill. That's right. Yeah, he went to Churchill. Okay, he's Northeast ISD. So he, all right. I will leave you with this. Your ears should have been burning for a comp for um, yeah. I missed I missed the, the meeting before we had a meeting. I was president business had to do stuff. Had, had a staff meeting, and so we have a new we have a new sponsor. Um, TechDot is a sponsor now. Yes, for, for a proud sponsor. Thank you, TechDot. Please drive safe. I'm supposed to tell you yes. that. Yes. Um, and as a result, one of the one of the things that they're doing, I'll just pull back the curtain because it's a premium podcast. I'll just tell you all about our advertisers. Um, they are. They have set up a road tour because there are apparently there are a couple of specific hot spots in the state of Texas where there have been a lot of accidents mm-hmm. on the road because there are these big old trucks, uh, oil trucks, oil and gas trucks. So whether it's on the um, uh, the Eagle the Eagle Ford Shale or it's out in West Texas, things like that, there are these places that there have been just these spikes in traffic fatalities. Mm-hmm. And so TechStop wants to get out the word. And so they're helping, you know, they've decided to uh, employ Dave Campbell's text football to help get out the word and to, to use high school football as a conduit and stuff like that. All of that is to say that the first stop of this past weekend, and our our buddy, our, our one of our sales guys, Rudy. Yes. Was in Pearsall. <laughs> yes. For Pearsall versus Carrizo Springs. Yes. That's a Matt Step game and right there. And I turned to him and I said, dude, you were at like the Matt Step game this yes. week. Yes. That is so Matt Step. So remember last year Remember last year when I went to Pearsall? Yes. And I took oh pictures of the taco stand. With the chicken. Yes, with the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's a little taco stand in Pearsall, Texas. It's called Ben's Taco Stand. Awesome food, by the way. <laughs> and Coach Joey, the head coach at the time is Joey Rivera. He's now moved on to uh, the new school in Buda, Buda Johnson. He's the mm-hmm. assistant head coach at Buda Johnson. So I called Coach Rivera and I said, "Hey, Coach, I'm coming to the game Friday. Where do I need to eat in town?" And he's like, "Oh, just you know, Taco Alley. There's plenty of places. We call it Taco Alley. It's a bunch of taco places on this one main main dragon town." And he's like, "My favorite is Ben's." 
Perfect. I'll go to Ben's. And I pull up in the drive. And there's like there's a drive through, and there's like five cars in line already at four o'clock. And it's it's a little house. And I pull up, and there's a guy on a smoker. And I'm like, okay, this is good. good and then sorry. I see chickens, live chickens in in the yard. And I take a picture and send it to, to Greg and our dearly departed Max. And I said, this place is going to be good. And both of you, within like five minutes, responded and were like, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and it was so awesome that after the game, I got tacos to go to go what? back to San Because they were open at like 2 in the morning. I was like, hell yeah, I'm getting some more tacos. So, yeah, that's uh, Pearsall. Well, if you're ever in Pearsall, Texas, go to Ben's Taco Stand. That was the um, – that was he said – he was like, he was like, by the way, like Rudy, uh, he mentioned, he was like, by the way, this was like a – one win team versus like a two win team, but they were it was jam packed. I was like, yeah, man. I told him I said those kind of games will draw huge crowds and great for our advertisers and all that good stuff. Yeah. It's it's good for them. So it, it sounds sounded like it went well. So yeah. I think I think Textot is going to to wink this there's week. Wink. They'll be in Wink at one point. I think they're going to somewhere in the Permian Basin, and then they're also going to Laredo at one point. Yeah. So I don't think Rudy's going to Wink though. I don't think he, is. he should. <laughs> Wink's fun. Wink's fun. I'd go to Wink. So I'll be chained to the desk and Fox. And I'm still working on your request to get a Thursday game. And yes. So Robert Morales at El Paso High, if you're listening, schedule yeah. a Thursday game at Jones Stadium so Tepper can go. That is basically, like, I'm now at the point, because this, this is the thing. This is the time to get the word out. Because Snapshot Day is coming. And that's the beginning of realignment. That is, Snapshot Day is in many ways the first day of the 2020 season. Yes. Okay? That's when realignment starts. When we're going to start thinking about where things are going. And so that's when schedules are going to start to be on people's minds. And so, coaches, if you have an awesome stadium that you want me to come to, specifically R.R. Jones Stadium in El Paso, yes. mm-hmm. please schedule a Thursday game. I can't do Saturday. I'm sorry. I'm not Matt Stepp. I, 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 I have home responsibilities. Well, and you have, you have, you're, I mean, you're the managing editor of Texas football, the magazine. i got to cover college. you got to cover college football. i got to cover college. So you got to do college football. Thursday, I, I will come to your stadium if you schedule me a game on Thursday. You know your other other wish, right? Which is? Was Lubbock and the... Uh, yes. So I've talked to uh, the AD Mike Meeks, and he's promised us a hard line to do TFT from the, on the road I'm next in. year. I'm in. Do the press conference, interview some coaches, oh, catch man. a game. Be great. Head out of town early Friday morning so you can get back. Yes. Make it happen. Lubbock, we're probably coming your way next year. Yes. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. And Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. See you next week, although you'll be in Canada. We'll see you next week. No, Atlanta. Atlanta. I'll be oh, you'll Atlanta. be in Atlanta. Yes. Matt, uh, Steph will be in Atlanta, but I will be here, and we will do Tep and Steph next week. So. Thanks, and bye. Bye. End of podcast.